Pastor Ed Taylor speaks of what brings us together and helps us remain together as a church. It's the love of God. That is the spiritual glue that keeps us stuck together, the love of God. We love God with all our heart, soul, and mind, and that translates into what? Loving our neighbors, ourselves. We love each other. We first love upward, and then we love outward. It's love is the glue of our relationship. It's love that covers a multitude of sins. It's the love of God. Listen, the love of God was demonstrated that when we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. You lay down your life. That I would be set Hey, thanks for tuning in today. This is Abounding Grace, and we're in the middle of a study in the Gospel of John. We've slowed the pace down as we begin to look at the Holy Spirit's role in our lives. What should the church be all about today? That's the question of the day, and as you might imagine, there's quite a bit of confusion in this area, making this study so necessary and helpful. We'll learn that the church is a hospital for the sick and hurting, and maybe that describes where you're at today. What comes to mind when I mention the word church? For most people, it brings to mind a building. Like today, you most likely were talking about what you're going to do today, and one of the things you said is, we're going to go to church. We're going to go to church. And maybe you were late, and so you're yelling, hurry up! We're going to be late for church. And then when you drove here, you drove by many churches. Uh, and I, I tell you, when you drive by churches, to pray for them. There are churches in our neighborhood, in our community. Pray for their leaders. Pray that God would use them and make a huge impact in our city, that they might reach your neighbors. And re- but we passed by churches. We came to church. When we leave here, we're going to say, we left church. Somebody asked this on Tuesday. We go back to work. What did you do this weekend? One of the things you'll probably say is, I went to church. And that is what comes to mind most of the time. I haven't really met anybody yet. And when I ask them, what are they doing? They're, they say, I'm going to go to that big, square, ugly building on the corner of Hampton and Biscay. Really? For what? Well, I'm going to church. I'm going to church. Now, the Bible is clear. Even if sometimes we're not. The church is not a building. It's not a school. It's not a strip mall. It's not a space. The church is you and me. I'm not opposed to the, to the language of referring to a building as church or gathering together as a church because I can see biblical precedent for that in the Bible. I can see that. However, the church is not the building. The church is us. If you're taking notes, there's two words that, is used, that are used most often to describe the church in the New Testament. The first one is the word ecclesia. E-K-K-L-E-S-I-A. And it literally means called out ones called out ones. The idea behind that word as it relates to you and me is that we have been called out from the world. We've been called out together from the world for the purposes of God. We're called out. We're in the world, Bible says, but not of the world. We're called out of the world, but we still live in the world. And the church is referred to as a called out group of people. 
The second word is familiar to you from an English word that we use a lot. It also refers to the church. It's the Greek word sunogage. It's where we get our English word synagogue from, sunogage. And it literally means to assemble or to gather together. And what a beautiful way to describe the church. A group of called out ones that assemble together in one place at one time. Every single group of the church throughout the ages have been called out from the world and they assemble in one place. The assembly of believers is so important that the Bible commands us not to neglect it. Don't neglect coming together, the Bible says. It's so important for us to gather together, whether it's a a large gathering or a smaller gathering. We're to keep our eyes firmly fixed on Jesus Christ with other believers Continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayer, according to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. We're called out, but we're also called together. And how inspiring it is to think, as God says to us, whether you recognize it today or not, when you woke up in the morning and you started to plan your day, one of the things the Holy Spirit was telling you, one of the things the Holy Spirit was communicating to you, is that I'm bringing you together for worship today. I want you to gather together with other believers. God says, I want to encourage you. I I want to build you up. I want to train you. I want to help you. You may not even thought that through where you're turning through the dial and here you are in a Christian radio station or you're flipping through on different websites and you're watching live or you're flipping through the channels, you're watching on TV. You, You don't even recognize the Holy Spirit's been, I want to call you out and I want to gather you together. I want you to be built up and strengthened. I want you to to know that you're not alone in this world. No matter what you're feeling or what you're going through, you're not alone. Not only am I with you, God says to us, but I'm I want you to know that there are many people, like he said to Elijah, I've reserved many people in this city that are after my name. You're not alone. Saved from the world, but then to go back into the world. It's amazing to hear of all the different places folks come to church here at Calvary Aurora because we are a local body of believers and there are people that that call Calvary Aurora their home that come from all over the metro area. Some of you drive a considerable distance to be a part of your church family. All over the metro area, I will see. And it's kind of a cool thing to see where you're on the other side of town, but there's a license plate for you, Calvary Warrior, and automatically you go, you know what? That's part of my church. I know that, brother. And you might even try to speed up a little bit just to see who it is. And you have the little stickers of the church stickers, but now it's even broadened a little bit because now you can be all over the state in this general area down in the Springs, and you'll see that Grace FM sticker, and immediately you go, you know, that's part of the family. That's part of the big church. Now, they may not call Calvary Aurora their home, but that's part of the big church. And, and you just know, hey, you know, that, that's a, that, I'm a part of something much bigger than myself. I'm a part of something. But when it comes to Calvary Aurora here, our church, our family, this is our church family. And we're gathered together. We're called out. We're assembled together. And to think of all the different backgrounds that are represented here. I mean, it's amazing. All the different social backgrounds, all the different racial backgrounds, all the different financial. You've been raised a certain way. You grew up in a certain neighborhood. Uh, you, you You have your own story. And yet, from all these different places, you know, for most of us, there's a good chance we would have never met one another in a positive setting had it not been for the church in Jesus Christ. I mean, we may have met somewhat each other in a different setting, in a different place, unfortunately. But the church brings to people together all over the, from all over the world. You can go anywhere in the world and join the church and be a part of the church. But for us, all over the metro area, from literally the mountains to the plains, God is bringing us together. And what is it exactly that brings us together? It's the love of God. 
It's the love of God. That is the spiritual glue that keeps us stuck together. The love of God. We love God with all our heart, soul, and mind. And that translates into what? Loving our neighbors, ourselves. We love each other. We first love upward, and then we love outward. It's love is the glue of our relationship. It's love that covers a multitude of sins. It's the love of God. Listen, the love of God was demonstrated. It's not just a feeling. It's not just, oh, I love you, brother. I love you, brother. Which I believe that's true. But the love of God was demonstrated that when we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. So you want to look for love. You want to see a picture of love. You want to see it demonstrated. You want to, you want to experience the love of God. The Bible says, look to the cross and the outstretched arms of a Savior, innocent of any sin, exchanging his life for your life and mine. At our worst condition, not our best condition, not when we got everything cleaned up, not when we got everything in order, but while we were blaspheming. Yeah, I look at it in my own life. I can speak for myself. While I hated God, he loved me. While I wanted nothing to do with him, he pursued me. While I was blaspheming and while I was destroying the people around me, while I wanted nothing to do with God, nothing to do with the people of God, I didn't want to read the Bible. I didn't want to pray. I, you mentioned God. I don't want anything in all of that. God loved me. Sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for me. That if I would confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that God raised him from the dead, I would be saved. And that's exactly what happened. It's the love of God that binds us together. Sure, we come together for Bible study. Yes, God strengthens us by Bible study. Don't let anyone ever put down Bible study in your life. Say, oh, you know, it teaches too long. Oh, he just goes through the Bible. Don't let anyone minimize the word of God in your life. Why? Because God, he values the word even above his own name. That faith comes by hearing and how? By hearing by the word of God. Don't minimize this 40 minutes, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, 55 minutes, hour, hour, whatever it is, however long we go. God is building you up. And sure, we come together to sing. Songs are wonderful. Don't let anyone put down the music of a church. Yeah, we may have different styles and we may approach our worship of God, but it's not in style. It's in substance. It's substance. To imagine a gathering of thousands of people, they come together and do what? Sing to God of appreciation and love? Yes, yeah, we come together to sing unashamedly. We want to sing loud. We want to sing lively. We want to raise our hands. We want to fall on our faces. We want to, yes. Don't let anybody put down worship in your life. We gather for that. We gather to experience fellowship for sure. We want to meet one another. We're relational beings. We want to meet one another. We want to get to know one another. We want to serve one another for sure. Don't let anyone put down fellowship. But I'll tell you what keeps us together is not just the word and not just when we pray together and not just when we sing together. It's not just the grace. It's not just the wonder. It's not just the glory. It's not just the beauty. It's not just the mercy of God. It's the love of God that keeps us strong and binds us together. And it's the love of God that makes us a church. Jesus said he himself would build the church. And the gates of hell would not prevail against it. It feels like the gates of hell prevail once in a while. We certainly feel like we're taking 10 steps backward and making no progress. But Jesus promised us he would build his church. He would protect his church. He would guard his church. And listen, the church is going to make it. He's going to rapture his church. And we're going to be in the presence of the Lord for all of eternity. 
God is going to fulfill his word as it relates to you and me. Not the building. Building's not going in the rapture. I'm leaving my keys in my desk. And when I'm raptured, I'll just go get my keys. I hope nobody here has to be here to get my keys. Don't. No, okay, so nobody here. It doesn't apply to you. But I'm not going to be here. Building's not going to be here. My keys aren't going to be here. My clothes aren't even like, like, man, God is going to take us. We're the church. The stuff, we don't take it with us. And I love the church of Jesus Christ. I love the church. I love this church, the gathering of the saints. I love this church. You, you guys are very precious to me. I, at the will of God and the call of God, have dedicated my life and my family's life as a result to serve his church. That's why I was born. That's why I breathe. Occasionally I'll hear people say something or email me. Ed, I know you're busy, but listen, don't even use that language with me because I'm not busy and I'm not too busy. I'm just doing the Lord's work. And you don't need to worry about, well, you know, Ed, I want to write you this note, but I think you're too busy. I'll tell you right now, I'm not too busy. Email me. Go ahead. I'd love to serve you. I love this church. I was born for this church. I was born to pray for you. I was born to serve you. That's why I breathe. That's why I wake up in the morning. It's the first thing I think about after God when I wake up. And it's the last thing I think about when I put, you know, Paul talked about all the things he went through in life besides the care and concern of the church. I totally understand that, brother. That's why I live. That's why I breathe. I'm not too busy. I might have a lot of things to do, but that's why God put me on the planet. We're here to serve you. We're here to love you and enjoy. I love this church. This is my church. And I say that with great joy and pleasure. This is my church. Now, don't misunderstand me. I don't say this is my church like I own it. I don't own this church. It's not my church. It's it's the church, but it's not my church. But I do mean it in this sense. This is my church. This is where I fellowship. This is my church home. This is where I get to exercise my gifts. This is where I raised my kids. This is where my kids are grown up. This my son was married in this church. This is, this is my church. This is, this is my church. This is just as much as you can say it's your church. This is my church. This is where God called me. This is where he wants me. This is where he's planted me. This, this is my church. I get to enjoy the church. You know, when I, when I travel and I guess teach at other places or we go on vacation and we visit another church, um, like this last week we were in Maryland, uh, we were in Maryland for a pastor's conference. Uh, it's known as the East Coast Pastor's Conference. It was uh, put on by pa- Calvary Chapel in Philadelphia. And we gathered together 1,200 men in the same room. Unbelievable. Pastors and leaders throughout the whole region. Basically the East Coast, but from throughout the United States, including us from Colorado. They're all, we're all gathered together. And there's just something special about a group of men together. Men committed to the gospel. Singing, fellowshipping. It's just, it, it was amazing. But you know, there were times. I loved it. And I enjoyed it. And it was a great edifying time where I took some of the guys uh, with me. And we had a great time together. A great time in the conference. But I have to say... Being there with 1,200 men is not like being here. (laughs) And not only being there with 1,200 men is not like being here, but I was thinking of episodes in that time. You know, I just want to be back with my church. I wonder what's going on with so-and-so. They just went into the hospital. I wonder, like, like, this is of all the places I've gotten, I've been able to worship and all the believers. You may not have come to this place yet, but I have. This is a very special place. You are a very special group of people that's very unique to the work of God on the earth today. And I believe God has left his church, our church in particular, on the earth in these last days so that we might be used mightily of him to not only preach the gospel, the good news, that Jesus Christ died for, your, for the forgiveness of your sins, but also to create an environment where other people can also hear that message 
whether it's by you inviting people to church, and I know you do all the time, you're, you're inviting people to hear the gospel. You know, but, but even for those that will never come through these doors, the good news is, is that this is just a building. This is just a place where the gospel is, is being given in a, in a broad way. But you, as the church, you get to go back out. to the, God takes the church to them. It's not just coming to a place where the church is, but as soon as we're done in about 45 minutes or so, the whole church, you guys are going to be spread out through the whole community, being able to love on and care for people in Jesus' name. Now, if you're taking notes, I want to give you a few pictures, some mental pictures of what I believe the church should be today. First of all, I believe the church today should be a hospital. Jot that down, a hospital. Just like a physical hospital is a place where sick people go, people that have been traumatized, people that have had an accident or been greatly hurt, they go to a hospital, it becomes a place for healing for the hurting. The church needs to be a place of of healing for the sick and the hurting. Those that are racked with pain and fears and insecurities and hopelessness. We need to be a place where people can come and be healed and nurtured back to health. Jesus, in one of the references to Jesus, he's called the great physician. Jesus himself said he came not for those that are well, but for those that are sick. And so while the hospital and the doctor's office is a place where sick people physically come looking for help. I mean, think about it. The last time you were sick, you didn't know what was wrong with you, but you knew something was wrong. You picked up the phone. You said you made a doctor's appointment. You went to the doctor's office and you hoped that they could find out what the issue was so that they could give you the antidote. They could give you the solution. You could get well again. It's wonderful. We're so thankful for doctors. It's a, it's a wonderful, uh, medicine is a wonderful profession that many people are involved in, whether doctors or nurses, whatever role that you're in. The, the church needs to be the same place where somebody doesn't quite know what's wrong with them, but they know that is a place I can go to get answers about God because something's wrong inside of me and it's not physical, it's spiritual. I actually don't even know what's wrong with me, but my friend keeps talking about what was wrong with him and how God solved it for him and the church becomes a place as a hospital. So that means you should expect this room to be filled with sick people. I, I would even go so far to say this. This room is filled with sick people right now. All of us are sin sick in some way. I know most of us have been born again and the, the solution for eternity has been given to us, the forgiveness of sins. But don't ever think that you've arrived where sin still doesn't jack your life up on a daily basis. And it could be your sin. It could be the sin of someone else. But you too are still racked with hurt and fear and hope. You, you still go through things. I had a young lady come up with me last night that just this week, just this previous week, she was in the hospital because of a suicide attempt. And she's hurting inside. She's sick. She responded. I got to pray with her and connect her with someone. We're sick. And you've got to expect to be around sick people. You, you have to be careful not to carry this self-righteous attitude and start prejudging people. That, like, you, you just shouldn't be surprised if somebody's sitting next to you and they reek of alcohol. And they're wrestling with something in their life. And one of it, it's obvious. It's, you know, a lot of people have issues. Some are more obvious than others. And somebody that's been drinking all night, that's pretty obvious. And there they are. And there, you know, how careful you need to be. Whoa, whoa, wait a minute. What? Why is this guy sitting next to me? He reeks of alcohol. What are my kids going to think? Well, I'll tell you what your kids are going to think. They're going to think exactly how you disciple them. That's how they're going to think. So you can take that and you can say, you know what, son? You know what? Mommy, mommy, what's that smell? And in a very respectful way on the way home, you say, you know what? We need to pray for that man because he obviously has some things in his life 
that he needs attention. He came to the right place, son, because God can touch him and deliver him. And, and you can disciple your kids. Or you can go, I can't believe, I can't believe. All, look at this. This gal looks like she just came from a party. Look how she's dressed. And, and you're flipping out. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? I've never met. We've got a lot of doctors in the church, but I've never met a doctor. They came to me and said, you know, Ed, I'm struggling right now. Well, what is it? Well, every morning I wake up and I just say, I want to go to the office and I pray to God, God, I'm going to the office and I hope no sick people show up. Would you like to go to a doctor like that? You show up and it's your turn. Okay, Mr. Taylor, it's your turn. I'm coming in. And the doctor goes, what are you doing here? You're sick. Get out of here. You're like, I'm sorry. I'm sick, man. They told me you could help me, but obviously you're having a bad day. You know, it's like... No doctor. Doctors were born to deal with sick people. They were trained to deal with sick people. They have the tools to deal with sick people. So what do they do? They help sick people all day. And we're very thankful for medicine and doctors and professionals in that area. But can you imagine an ER on the sign on an emergency room? Closed tonight. Only well people are welcome. It doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't make any sense, church, that there aren't sick people among us. It doesn't make any sense that you wouldn't be inviting your sick, the people in your life that are sin sick to hear a message of hope, to encourage you, in the, to be encouraged in the things of the Lord. A church is a hospital. You're listening to Abounding Grace and a part of Pastor Ed Taylor's series in the Gospel of John. Ed, I'm sure you've heard this said countless times. I need to clean up my act before I start going to church or come to God. But that line of reasoning really doesn't connect with what you said about the church being a hospital, does it? Yeah, you know, Larry, I think that we've forgotten that Jesus himself, and, and I, when I say we, I don't know necessarily we here at Calvary, but many in the church today have forgotten what Jesus said, that God sends physicians to the sick and not the well. And I know that's a paraphrase, but Jesus basically said, look, I came to help the sick. I came to help those whose lives have been ravaged by sin, whose lives have been destroyed by sin, and I came to help the sick. And recently, in my own heart, I was sharing with our church the importance of the kind of church we need to be. Um, similar to this study, uh, actually going through the same studies in a different context here at Calvary recently, but I, I was talking about how uh, this on our website we have our values and our doctrinal statement and all those things, but there's something that's not on our website that is a huge part of our church. Uh, it's not in writing. It's not number six on our axioms or whatever we do to help uh, communicate who we are. It's in my heart as a pastor. And in my heart as a pastor is that we must be a church where a guy like me can walk into it and be saved. And of course, that has a lot of meaning to it, uh, a lot of uh, uh, depth to that statement. But the reality is, as I walked in as lost as lost could be, I walked in with people giving up on me, with my wife ready to leave me, addicted to alcohol and drugs, careless, uh, just on and on the list goes. And being invited to a Calvary Chapel in Downey, California, by a friend I grew up with and partied with, who he got saved, uh, walking in, and I was just, you know, all the emotions, all that's a testimony for a different time, right? But here's the deal. We are a hospital. We minister to the sick. It is important that we never forget the, the church is not a museum for saints. It is a hospital for the sick, and that's that. Be the, be the kind of church. Be open to a work of the Holy Spirit. And let's minister to the hurting. Thanks again, Ed. 
And you can hear these studies online at AboundingGraceRadio.com and through the Calvary Church app. Check out Ed's blog at EdTaylor.org. Thank you for remembering Abounding Grace in your giving to the Lord. Every gift that comes in goes right to ministry. It plays an important role in helping us bring the truths of God's Word to the radio every day. And when you support the ministry today with a gift of $25 or more, we'll say thanks by sending you Beautiful People Don't Just Happen by Scott Sauls. Would you like to experience freedom from the regret, hurt, or fear that's weighing on you and instead find a life of relief, joy, and hope in Jesus? Allow Scott Sauls to point the way, and by the end of the book, you'll see how to become the beautiful person God wants you to be. Request it today when you give $25 or more. Call 877-30-GRACE. That's 877-30-GRACE. Ordering is super easy through our online store as well at calvaryco.store. Glad to have you with us for today's broadcast. We look forward to continuing the journey through John next time on Abounding Grace with Pastor Ed Taylor. In the meantime, let's be drawing on God's abounding grace for daily living. This is amazing grace. Abounding Grace is brought to you by Calvary Church, Colorado, here in Aurora.